Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, this is Drive Time Lincoln, Election Day 2022. Uh, wow, midterms. I am Jack Riggins, the host. Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. We got a nice lineup of guests going to be talking about uh, election thoughts and numbers uh, this entire show. Of note, uh, we will have uh, Husker Knightley on after this show. And then LNK Today, Jack and Friends will be back in at 8 o'clock to start counting down the numbers and give their analysis on things. Um, so this is Drive Time Lincoln, and it is a nice fall 62 today. A uh, little windy, but I'll tell you what. I went out and voted. I hope you did, too. I hope you voted for your values, whoever you felt that would represent you best uh, in whatever part of governor, go- govern- government. <laughs> governance. <laughs> About caused my guest Bud Sinorse to choke on his water there. Uh, I have that, I have my sticker on. Too. I know. So <laughs> we did it early in the Riggins household. It is done, and we're going to await the rest of the results. Obviously, conservatives hoping for a large red wave, and Democrats, uh, I guess, hoping to hold the line from their perspective. Uh, but boy, there's been a lot of analysis out there that they've missed what the voters are talking about. So, um, we're going to have Lieutenant Colonel retired, uh, John Glenn Weaver, who ran for Congress shortly, a couple of months after getting out of the United States Air Force in studio as well, uh, when he gets here. And it's just because he has a fresh look new to Nebraska politics and I think a real just good kind of outside, hey, this is what I've observed. And of course, we have Bud Seinhorst from Lincoln Independent Business Association back on the show finally, who is one of my most trusted resources when it comes to election numbers, election strategy theory, and I appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me, Jack. It's good to be here. Uh, the big question I always get asked, and I'd like to ask you before you get into some of your analysis, is what do you think to the average American or Nebraskan values and issues wise they're voting on today i think one of the biggest issues that we're going to see i think there's two major issues in this election Uh, number one i'll just call it if you want to call it public safety crime and punishment however you want to categorize that i think that's an issue and i think the economy is another issue Uh, we have seen uh record inflation that we haven't seen in 40 years and and I think those are the things that are impacting everybody on a day-to-day basis. That's what affects their daily lives. Those are the types of things that the voters are thinking about when they're going out and they're uh, thinking about who they're going to vote for when they're researching their candidates and also when they're uh, casting those ballots. And that's, you know, I spent some time here the last couple of weeks walking around, knocking on doors uh, for some of our local candidates and those are the issues people are talking to me about, and that's the thing that they're talking about, and that's the issues that they care about. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, what kind of gets people motivated and and what causes them to start really digging into the issues and or the candidates that can make a difference. Do you feel sometimes that it is local, state, or the national that drives big, big bases? 
I've I've always uh, attributed the philosophy of all politics is local. Um, the the decisions that are made at the local level are the things that uh, affect our everyday life. And you know, I, I when I talk to groups about that, I talk about that a lot because there's a lot of decisions that get made in the in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, or an executive order, and people disagree with those. At the end of the day, when you look at all the local political subdivisions there are and the impact they have when we, you know, they take care of our streets, they're running our our police force, our sheriff's office, you know, they're the ones taxing us. Those are the place where kids are going to school. All of the, like, those things affect us on a day-to-day basis. And I think, I think there's an overarching national uh, focus on those issues that I talked about. But I think at the end of the day, it drills down so much locally to what's going to happen. You know, are our kids safe when they go out to play in the backyard or they play with the neighborhood kids? They ride their bikes. Are the streets safe? Those kind of things. And and how's it impacting my pocketbook when I go to the grocery store and, and all that? Yeah, I think that I believe that it, all politics are local. And I think that after elections, that is what people feel day to day. That is what people actually see of the results of the election. I think that a lot of people, and one of the reasons I wanted to have this show, tend to let the national and emotional stuff kind of drive their thought processing at first. And in the end, it's the local elections and the local day-to-day that actually impacts you the most. And so one of the goals has been to try to get some of that thought power uh, of Lincoln and Lancaster County folks as well as the state to think more about what's going on locally and what are the issues. No doubt, you know, big major media, big headlines drive voter bases. We get that. But in the end, if you don't pay attention to your backyard, you can find yourself without elected officials that really represent, you know, who you are or, say, the society in general. Well, and I think message is a big deal. Um, You know, when you're talking local elections, um, you know, building the wall might not be the issue that people are thinking about right here in Lincoln. And so those are those are the things when we look at you know, statistics, and we look at election results, and we see, well, golly gee, why didn't these candidates do very well, or what happened here, or how did this happen? A lot of times I start to, you know, I don't look at numbers because I don't think we're all sheep. You know, just because we have an R or D or whatever by our name doesn't mean we're just going to vote that way. But we got to start looking at, okay, turnout was great with this group, yet their candidates didn't do very well. So that takes me to, was the message of the candidate connecting with the voter? Mm. Because if, you're, if your number one issue, Jack, is, let's just say, public safety, sure. crime, public safety, whatever you want to classify it, that's your issue. And I come and I talk to you about uh, an issue that's on the other end of the spectrum, like I've not connected with you. Yeah. And maybe that other candidate mentions something, you know, like I've always supported the police. Like that could be the trigger point that gets that person to vote for you. So we've got to make sure that as candidates, we drop that message on those voters. And, you know, you've worked in with athletes and, and coaches. I, I worked with the athletic department for about five years and I got some got to spend some time with Coach Osborne. 
And one of the things he said one time when we were out and about traveling the state, he said, you've got two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. Communicate accordingly. And I think when you knock on the door and talk to voters, it's it should be listen to voters, not yeah. talk to voters. Hi, my name's Bud. I'm running for office. Or hi, my name's Bud. My friend Jack's running for office. What are the issues you care about? What are the things that are important to you now we're connecting because it's at the end of the day, as I like to tell candidates, this election has nothing to do with you. It's about the voter. And and when people are casting their vote, it's about how you connect with them on their issues. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And back on the uh, kind of what and how are people voting? I, I would definitely say both locally here and nationally, public safety has aligned as, as it an issue for voters no doubt about it it seems to resonate um kind of maybe easily to say under joe biden democratic kind of top-down governance across the nation the economy without a doubt is a reality that everybody is feeling but it's interesting because there's been a lot of counter narrative that that's not really an issue. And I think that's where Democrat strategists have said, uh oh, we might have missed the boat. The other one tying it to local that I think with regard to candidates uh, connecting with voters locally here, even though we've heard about it nationally a bit, is our children and schools. And I think locally in the Midwest, in the state of Nebraska, I think the issues over the last two years going about with school boards at all levels from state down is another issue that people are going out today to vote on. Now, if you were Democrat, some of the Democrats have said some pretty interesting things of what they're going out to vote on. Uh, but that would be my addition is, is our children and our schools and that kind of falls into public yeah. safety. We care about our kids. We care about the issues that, that impact our kids on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, you brought up an interesting point, Jack, with a narrative that kind of comes down from the party. And and honestly, I think both parties suffer from this. Um, they try to say, this is the issue in this election. And again, if we miss the boat, we miss the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it. You can't swing and miss on those issues. And so, I think it's it's important to to have a message to understand the voters' data is an important thing to understand those issues and how we're going to reach those voters, whether it be on their mobile device, on their computer, through mail, through text messages, all of those types of things. We've got to be narrow, narrow focused on the message. And so I think both parties get it wrong from time to time. But I do think people vote about, you know, public safety, their kids, their grandkids. That that's why we're here. We want to leave the place a little better than we found it for those for the next generation and we want to make sure that they have great schools, we want to make sure they have, you know, great public safety, there's good roads, there's all those kind of things. And at the end of the day, those all all those issues are local issues. Yeah, and I would say, you know, on the economy, it was actually summed up well by a Democrat recently. Um, I think every single American is feeling the pinch of money and and knows a feeling of the economy being much better about two years ago. And so it's kind of summed up like this. Uh, people go, well, oh, my gosh, my gas is very expensive. Well, the Democrats have said, well, then you just got to watch what you eat. Then you're just down to Chef Boyardee. The difference there 
in the Democrat way, which was, well, you're just going to have to watch what you eat, get some Chef Boyardee, is that Chef Boyardee's up 54%, folks. Mm -hmm. So you're losing both at the market and at the pump. It's interesting. Uh, Bud Seinhorst from Liba is in. I want you to look up, because I I know you got numbers, and we're going to get to them definitely all second segment. Um, And I'm going to go to Lieutenant Colonel retired John Glenn Weaver here in a second. But uh, give you some time to talk about voting numbers in the Lincoln-Lancaster area um, and kind of your analysis on that. So let me just ask John this question uh, now that you're in studio. Welcome, John, to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thanks, Jack. Um, I asked Bud this. What do you think voters, just Joe Average voter, is going out to vote for today? Um, what are the top issues that Joe Average is going, you know, I'm going to the polls because of this? Yeah, it's a great question, and uh, thanks for having me on here, John Glenn Weaver. Uh, first of all, I think the economy, which is, Unless you've been living under a rock for the last two years, the economy is absolutely number one. Uh, as I talk to voters, border security is another top one uh, that they're concerned about. And as you get into the lower races, the people that I've talked to uh, has been uh, the, the things in our school, how important it is to have the right conservative leaders on our school boards uh, deciding what our kids are learning. And uh, I think a lot of times we've forgotten about that and just left it up to somebody else. And I think a lot more people are getting engaged now uh to do that and make sure that you know that their kids are learning the reading writing and arithmetic the basics that uh, that we all sitting around this table right here learn yeah and i think you know you bring up border security neither bud or i name that directly um i kind of link some national down and bud was talking the importance of understanding local um but see i have always said border security is the big topic the way you bring it local is when i do stories on a 13.2 pound bags of fentanyl by an illegal alien right, caught right. here in Lincoln that had 60,000 pills that could kill 600,000 Americans, right? And that is directly connected to yeah, the border crisis. Yeah, it's the second crisis. and third order of effects it is. of that, and, yeah. And so, you know, that goes to public safety. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are some cut and dry things here. Um, it'll be interesting. But... Voting base-wise, every time you come on the show, I ask you, uh, Dave Shively, the election commissioner, um, said he was expecting about 55% turnout. Over 100,000-plus people or is accurate. Yeah. Where are we at on that? That's that's kind of what I've heard, too, and I think they kind of base that on, on the early voting numbers. Um, you know, in Lancaster County, there's been about 51,000, call it, early ballots sent out, and about 46,000 returned, which is about 90%. Um, that seems pretty on par. Uh, you know, that early voting number has continued to gradually grow. Uh, we can't compare it to 2020 because that was just a whole another year. Um, but when we look back at, at voter turnout in midterm elections, uh, you know, we're looking at that 55-ish percent uh, turnout, I think maybe 58. I was looking at, um, you know, the statewide numbers. And, you know, you look over time, so in Lancaster County, the last midterm we had was 2018. We had 61 or 61% turnout. Before that, it was 48%. Now, interestingly enough, in 2014 was an open governor's race when Governor Ricketts was elected, yet in 2018, he was up for re-election. So, you know, that's... Uh, gradually, our turnout gets a little bit better each time. Uh, when you look at statewide numbers, it was about 58% in 2018 and about 48% in uh, 
in 2014, which was that open governor's race. So we're looking at a pretty uh, bounce back from COVID as things normalize, and, and we should be looking at anywhere from 55 to 61%, which, you know, that's good. I The one thing I would say is that I think it's been said on this show and around the nation, which is conservatives, if you want change, then you got to get out and vote. And you've got to do it by numbers. Numbers wins. That's just the game of election. So take yourself and uh, 10 more people. There's still time to get out there. We'll be back with uh, Bud Seinhorst from Lincoln Independent Business Association and Lieutenant Colonel John Glenn Weaver, United States Air Force, retired here on Drive Time Lincoln, KLIN 1499.3. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, we're going to keep uh, rolling with uh, Bud Seinhorst from Lincoln Independent Business Association and Lieutenant Colonel John Glenn Weaver, United States Air Force, retired. Uh, John, I'm gonna, we've got about two minutes here. I'm, I'm going to hit you with kind of a, a, a curveball. Let me get out of the middle because if you're going to hit him, oh, I'm, geez, I'm right in the line of yeah. fire. <laughs> we got a Navy guy and an Air Force Navy. guy going at each other. Hey, I'm don't safe. forget, we won the rivalry <laughs> football game. I'm getting out of this room happened, real so. quick. It's, uh, it, it is a, it's a purple force. It's all joint combined uh, arms. But... Uh, Coming back out of the Air Force, back into civilian society, you're a little more recent than I am. Experiencing politics and and watching the dynamic and participating a little bit, what were some of your just first takes? You know, into politics? Well, yeah, just into the dynamic that goes on. Well, it's its own. It's it's definitely its own animal. Uh, you know, it has a culture outside of the military, and so you gotta you gotta fit and and go into that culture. Uh, it's challenging for veterans, right? Because you know we're not used to going out and asking strangers complete strangers for money uh we don't know the 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 power structures that be we don't know we have no connections in the in the uh, community because as a military officer i was in you as you were told to be apolitical at everything so i never went to campaign events i your connections are locked on base somewhere (laughs) exactly and that's the culture and connections that you're lined up with and supporting the men and women to the to the right and left of you. I was deployed eleven times, so I was focused one hundred percent on the mission. And politics was sort of, yeah. When I get out, I'll do politics, or I was never really involved in politics, just focusing on the mission. So, so leaving all that structure was challenging. I want you to finish that thought when we come back. Uh, KLIN fourteen hundred ninety nine three. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back uh, Tuesday, November 8th, second segment here on Drive Time Lincoln Election Day coverage. Of note, Husker Knightley will be on here at uh, 6 o'clock to 7, and then the LNK Today Jack and Friends will be back at 7. To start breaking down the election, and of course, results are expected to start think, coming yeah, at eight o'clock. Johnny, did I just mess the no, timeline? No, I think. All well, I saw on the KLIN Facebook page, Jack Mitchell said that they will be on at eight o'clock tonight. Oh, eight o'clock. My bad. So Husker Knightley appears to be going for two hours. Fine. Um, that'll be good. Bud Seinhorst from Lincoln Independent Business Association, Lieutenant Colonel, retired United States Air Force John Glenn Weaver is in. John, you were just 
kind of wrapping up uh, just uh, first year observation of politics, both uh, quickly running for Congress, but also getting involved in local politics in the Omaha area. Uh, yeah, one, one of the other things I was going to say is, you know, everything falls on leadership, but but leaving the military coming into politics, you know, in the Air Force, we had the rank structure. We knew what people's jobs were. I knew what your job was. You knew what my job was, or you kind of know what I did, not into the detail and fidelity of everything. But when you get into politics, you don't, you don't know who the sort of power players are. Uh, you don't know people's roles, uh, mm-hmm. roles and responsibilities, uh, whatever their skill sets are in politics and where their allegiances and alliances for. They don't wear a ribbon rack that tells they, you how long they've they, been doing you it. You don't know how many combat tours or, <laughs> right. or around here they call them elections they've been through or how many people, you know, how much money they've been able to raise, who are the fundraisers, uh, who are the who can build a website, who builds the palm cards. And so... In a military, you're sort of grounded in that fidelity of uh, uh, the uh, mission first principle. And in politics, there's a bunch of different missions. Yeah. And just figuring out who's on your team, I think, is who's your advocate, who's on your team is probably the number one things to do. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and we've discussed a lot off air that, you know, listening um, to each other, no matter what, whether it's Republican, Republican, Democrat, Democrat, Libertarian, you know, that's probably one of the things that's holding America back is listening to the issues and then trying to find the uh, the common problem to then find the common solution. Uh, but numbers wise or race wise here locally or state level, give me some ones you think are going to be real interesting into the night. Well, I OK, I just love election night and i like watching results i think watching legislative races will be very interesting throughout the night uh, i think we've got about 11 at least 11 or 12 new state senators will be in next year because of term limits and or uh folks not running again and and so those are always interesting to watch um i've i've heard there's some interesting races like there's school board races in grand island which are uh mm-hmm. pretty contentious this year uh, a lot of things have bubbled up in gi you know here in lincoln we've got quite a few races i i usually i'm pretty prepared when i go to vote but this year i went and printed out the ballot ahead of time because there was like 38 things or 36 things that i voted on um, you know, everything from the House of Representatives to the constitutional offices, county board, state board of education, uh, retention of judges, three ballot initiatives. But in our county, there's some races and quite a few contested races. And sometimes I think some of those local races aren't quite as contested. Um, I think the big one in Lancaster County that people are talking about is the county attorney race, which I think we'll see that go deep into the night. And then the other one will be the sheriff's race. Um, you know, public safety. We talked about the public safety and, you know, Sheriff Wagner's been around a long time. Um, and, and, you know, he's got an opponent. He's got a, an opponent on the other side this year. So those ki- kind of races to me will be interesting to watch. It'll be, it'll be interesting to watch the turnout that happens day of, uh, you know, because we talked about, you know, about 45, 46,000 ballots have been returned so far or people voted in person. But, you know, there's still another 65, 70,000 ballots that will be cast today. And we'll see how that works out and see what that does. And, you know, a lot of times when you look at the party breakdown, uh, traditionally their Democrats have a really good time uh, turnout with the early voting. And they always say Republicans vote on Election Day. So, 
sometimes numbers will start really well for somebody and then they'll kind of scale back throughout the night. So, you know, it's the the important thing about election night is not to get too high or too low. When those things happen, you've got to kind of have a good idea of what happens. You know, we've got 11 counties in the state that do uh, all mail voting. And, you know, as of this afternoon, they had about 57% of their ballots returned. Now, think about that. Every registered voter gets a ballot mailed to them and only 57% have turned them in. So that kind of gives you a gauge of turnout a little bit, maybe yeah. statewide, what it looks like. So it it's it's one of those nights for people like me that I call our junkies. We like to stay up and it'll be a late night. I'm not expecting to get to bed before probably midnight or one o'clock and uh, watch what happens. Because, I mean, in Omaha and in Lincoln, there's a lot of legislative races, a lot of local races where you're going to see those go down late at night. And some of those legislative races, I mean, some of the legislative races in the primary were decided by less than 100 votes. Yeah. Yeah, John, up in Omaha in the area, I know, uh, you know, we we have the Congress race and with Don Bacon, but there's also a lot of legislative state races up there. Are there any races that you're kind of paying attention to more closely than others? Well, I, in Omaha, no. I mean, obviously, we got a, we got a very contentious sheriff race. Okay. Uh, you know, with uh, Gonzalez and then Aaron Hansen, which is, you know, that... That's going to be a nail biter all the way to the end, based on what's what's going on in that. And uh, but I'm really watching uh, legislative 42. Is I think we need more veterans and leadership. Uh, and so I'm looking at number uh, legislative uh, Chris Bruns out in legislative 42, uh, running against uh, another candidate there that that was appointed as uh, as a senator. And uh, Chris is a you know combat veteran, 10 year Marine. I think mm-hmm. we need more Marines serving. And I think he's going to be able to pull that pull that one off. And um, you know his, his opponent is very well funded, and, and Chris is just working hard and knocking doors. So yeah, as far as veterans go, and what I'm kind of tracking, it's you know it's 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 an R versus R. But I think you know having more military veterans in there, I'm, I'm hoping Chris pulls that off. But yeah, that that's what I'm watching. You know, I think it's fair for us veterans. We're going to be biased towards veterans, you know, until we hear different. I mean, I think that's natural. But of note, folks, I will say this: it is. Interesting to note that historically, um, America right now nationally has the least amount of veterans in elected offices at the at the national level than it ever has. Yeah, and, and I find that very interesting coming you know through World War One, World War Two, and it's a side note. But you know, in the end of the day, it's a, it's a different upbringing. It doesn't mean that you know you're any more special than your citizen, but you you tend to see the world a little bit different, um, and you tend to certainly understand the Constitution of the United States and things like that. Um, one of the other questions, Bud and and John, I wanted to ask is uh, voter ID. Uh, this is one of the special ballot ones, and. By most polling, it's had 80, 85% support. Uh, I would think we agree that's going to pass with flying colors, but um, if you don't think so, say it. But what do you think the impacts will be and why Nebraskans, at least polling-wise, have been behind that? Well, but- I think that's, that's to me, that's been an issue that's been talked about for years. Um, and, and a lot of people that have, are proponents of voter ID, you know, we have to show an ID to do a lot of things in this world um, and, you know, when you look at it, I think at one point earlier this year, Secretary Evnen indicated that of eligible boat voters, like six or eight thousand don't have an ID that we can get them a state issued mm-hmm. ID. And we've they've removed the barrier. I th- well, obviously, the legislature has to implement it if the voters pass it. 
But I think the barriers to get rid of it and get that out of the way so that people don't have to worry about it, uh, I think it will pass. I, I do think it'll pass with flying colors. Um, and, and, and I think it's been, a, it's been an issue, gosh, for years that we've yeah. discussed in Nebraska. So I think it passes. John? Any thoughts on voter ID? Well, it's it's Pro done con. in a, it's done in a lot of states. I mean, I, I can see the cons, but I mean, they certainly don't outweigh the pros. I mean, you know, getting on a military base, you get arrested, you get pulled <laughs> over, you need an ID card. You need, I mean, you, they check your ID card at Lowe's when you want to use your gift card. I mean, so so voting is is the most precious thing we do in this country, and I think you know ballots need to be treated as confidential information and tracked, and we need voter ID just to have some accountability of what's going on here and who's voting, especially with the border issue. Under uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., we've had 4 million illegals come across the border with fentanyl and everything. And so those 4 million people can vote and they can sway and, and change elections. So we need to make sure the people that are voting have are citizens and are able and eligible to vote in this country. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I think that there is a sentiment out there, which is everyone, at least conservatives, wants elections to be secure. And I would say that we have taken maybe in a single year or two more steps across the nation to get that done. That doesn't mean it's solved, but the steps and the watchdog nature on it are huge. And uh, I think voter ID is just another step in doing that. And I think it's a good thing. I think it'll pass. It's uh, essentially low cost, high impact. I think it's a good one. Uh, but we talked a little bit, and you've talked to the small business owners. The minimum wage one, I think, is an interesting one because I said to my wife, as well as my kids today, I said, when you offer Americans mass amounts of Americans free money, they just tend to, that's all they think about. That's all they hear. That's all they see. And I think that's a terrible way to vote, folks. But well, it's not free a, money. But it's exactly. But the reality in their brains and the brain housing group is, oh, free money. You know, next year, a dollar more. The year after that. And I fear that that may pass because of that dynamic opposed to the reality that it isn't free money and it has second and third order effects to small businesses in our economy. Um, Nonetheless, I'm against it. I've run the numbers for myself uh, back to when I was doing minimum wage. And while it's splitting hairs a little bit, I just have never felt why does anybody over any generation get any other advantages that future or past generations of Americans didn't have. And it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm like, hey, we all come through the same wicket and there you go. Well, and it's not a living wage. Like the proponents of this thing are like, you can't support your family of this on minimum wage. Well, no kidding. That's not what it's about. Minimum wage is an entry-level wage for people to come in and gain the skills that they need, be able to make, wait for it, a better wage. And so, and I think that's the big problem. Um, you know, when we say it's not free, we're all going to pay for it. Right. You know, I mean, cheeseburgers are going to go up. Groceries are going to go up. All the prices at the hardware store, everything's going to go up. So these prices are going to continue to rise in an inflationary period, which makes the minimum wage increase inflationary. 
and it it hurts small business. And we saw that the last time it the minimum wage went up in Nebraska. It hurt small businesses in small towns all over this state. And so, you know, I love it when people say, oh, well, it's not your money, it's government money. No, that's taxpayer money. Right. You know, it's our money. And it's money's never free. If it was, none of us would have to work and we could just, you know, have fairy dust coming out our nose. But it's just we've got to understand the implications just because they pay people more doesn't mean they're going to have more money to spend because their tax brackets go up and prices are going to go up and the value of something is going to increase in your value. It's going to devalue your dollar. Well, and one of the things uh, before I go to you, John, is listen, to me, Nebraska and its culture has very much been about small towns and small business. Now, we have done a good job over the last hundred years of bringing in national and we've created some national brands in Nebraska without a doubt. Uh, but folks, you have to be careful when you're making decisions that hamstring local business and you usher in, you know, the Amazons of the world or the Microsoft, because that brings culture with it. And that culture may not be the culture that is Lincoln or Omaha or Grand Island or Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. So you have to be careful. And while they, they may not exactly coincide in the end of the day, um, Small business is an important part of the Nebraska experience. John, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, no. I mean, look, if if you want to increase the minimum wage, I mean, you're just going to further inflation. I've got a master's in economics, so we got out of, out of control inflation now. And what you're going to do is make small business owners force them to pay people that you know might not be valued at that at that rate more money and so that's just going to further inflation and, and like it's difficult to uh to add any more than a than a small business guy here but yeah it's going to further inflation yeah and which is not what we need what well, that's another you know that's another thing that people are concerned about before i get to um well bud you have a lot of expertise is there anything we're kind of missing numbers wise or thought because i kind of have a surprise question i want to ask both of you well, that ought to be fun. No, I think, you know, the big thing is, if you haven't voted yet, get out there and vote. Uh, the other thing is, be ready, because there's 30-plus things on the ballot. Um, I think there was a dozen or so judges. There's the three initiatives. There's all these different races. You know, be informed and get out and vote. Exercise that right. It's 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 what you two guys fought for uh, for us as Americans, and we we owe it to the veterans and the people that have stood up for our country to go do our duty and and vote and make our voice be heard. I always say decisions are made by those who show up, so get out there and vote. The polls are open till eight. Yeah, get out and vote. I think we're all going to champion that. Uh, my question is, and we're going to have two minutes, and then we'll come back and have two minutes. Uh, I'll go to John first. What is a surprise race in the state where, as a conservative, you're concerned, where you're like, you know what, this might not go the conservative way uh, that we think it is? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I'm, I'm probably going to have to stick closer to home and go with the sheriff's race. Okay. I, I know our sheriff's, you know, most some sheriff's race are not partisan, but ours is with Aaron Hansen and Greg Gonzalez. Okay. Um, I think I think it'd be bad for for Douglas County if you if if Aaron were to lose that one, but you know I th- I think that's probably the the, na- the 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 biggest race in the state that could go one way or the other. Maybe Christian Murch's race against Michaela Cavanaugh in District Six uh, might be one. Uh, so those would probably be my top my top two. 
Now, because you're concerned of them, but do you have high confidence that you will wake up tomorrow and democracy will still be intact? Or, or is the nation going to fold per the president? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I had to. That's a great question. I, I had to. I, I don't think the nation's going to fall over a Douglas County Sheriff's race, but... <laughs> but uh, but no, so I, I think democracy will survive, uh, it, but but it, that's not guaranteed for the future, right? And so that's true. So that's why we need more leaders, veterans stepping up to serve in this capacity, because I think what would increase voter turnout would be having qualified and great candidates come out and willing to serve in a lot. Of, and I think veterans would fit that. And we we would increase voter turnout exponentially. Yeah, yeah good thoughts, candidates. without a doubt. I'm going to roll the show a little bit here, but uh, same question. Any surprises out there that you're like, hmm? I I think there's a lot of there's a lot of really close races. We've got um, a lot of legislative races that I think are going to be very close. I think the county attorney race here in Lancaster County is going to be very close. I think you know the sheriff race here is another one. Mm-hmm. So you know we talked about public safety early on in the show, and those two races I think are are vital to public safety and. I think they're going to be real close. So I, don't, I think you know we're going to have to wait till eleven thirty, eleven forty-five results to really get a good idea of where those races go. Um, you know, across the legislature, there's a ton of races up in Omaha, and and I think there's there's one race in Lincoln that's going to be really close to the legislature, and that's kind of that Northeast Lincoln race between uh, Russ Barger and uh, Dungan. Mm-hmm. Duggan. Um, I think that's going to be a really close race. I think you know those are tight races and. You know, everybody that's listening, if you haven't voted or forgot today's election day, God help you. But number two, go vote um, because those candidates need your support. Absolutely. Uh, Go out and vote. You still got time. Take 10 folks with you. I don't care who you vote for, but vote, folks. It's an important part of our constitutional republic. KLIN 1499.3. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Gentlemen, Bud Seinhorst from Lincoln Independent Business Association and Lieutenant Colonel retired from the United States Air Force, John Glenn Weaver up in Omaha. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jack. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, folks, go out and vote. you still got time. Take 10 folks with you. Listen, this is really, when it all boils down to it, this is what our freedom is about. The people having a voice, and this is your time to... Uh, Go out and, and make decisions. There's a great quote, right, that uh, every population base gets the leadership it deserves. If you go out and vote and you go out in mass, then we get the leaders that we have all elected, whether we like them or not. Uh, I get frustrated when we don't have a lot of turnout. Um, surprises? I like you, bud. I'm staying close to home. Uh, the county attorney race, as well as the sheriff, I think is very interesting. It will show how much Lincolnites are really caring about law and order and how they see that problem set and what they want to do about it in the future. All right, folks, go out and vote. KLIN 1499.3.